answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you are with us today. As um, By the way, Today is a we it's a unique program for us because we are going to play we're not taking calls today. We are going to play some of the um more interesting calls that we've had in the last 6 months. But if someone wanted to talk to us, they could call the number 833-99-WORTH and they will schedule a time for them to be on the air at a later date. That is correct. So 833-99-WORTH, but we won't talk to you live. We'll schedule a call to talk to you at a later yes. date. Yet to be determined. Yes, but we're not um, taking calls right today. Anyway. That's correct. So, but we're glad you were here, and we're got a great program for you. And I think you're going to enjoy some of these calls because they were chosen because they are, they deal with some of the major financial planning issues that the majority of our listeners deal with. And because oftentimes we don't know what kind of calls we're going to have. And sometimes some programs uh, are shows that have better calls than other yes. shows. So the people in our, what do we call them, producer, that's what we're going to call them, went through <laughs> and pulled some of the calls from previous shows and said, I think that it would be timely to rerun these. And so that's what yeah, we did. That is what we're doing. But before that, I want to we draw your attention to, this was a uh, study that uh, Vanguard had put out. And I believe you can get a copy of this on our website, if I'm not mistaken, at allworthfinancial.com. Uh, Bringing value through advice, and it basically talks about the per, the benefits of professional advice. And I looked at this. It's funny. Pat and I were just chatting about this ahead of the program, and and looked at there's three areas in which an advisor can add meaningful value to somebody's life. One is in this first one might surprise you, behavioral coaching, how you react. To your financial situation, debt, spending. It might have coaching in, in spending. It might have coaching in how to organize things. It might be in the, the behavioral coaching of the portfolio itself. How you look at risk. I've often stated, and I'll talk about this internally with our 80 plus advisors, is some of the greatest value we add is keeping people from making mistakes from which they cannot recover. Helping people avoid decisions that would lead to mistakes that they can never recover. Irrevocable. Yes. So that's that number is through one. the behavioral coaching side of things. The other is portfolio construction. So is it cost effective? If it's outside of Naira, is it tax efficient? Is it total return oriented, which means both capital appreciation as well as either dividend or income producing. And that's, you know, that's a, a construct portfolio construction, which is very, very important part of the financial planning process, but it is not the financial planning part process. It is part of the financial planning process. And then the third area is that just in that wealth management, how do we balance our Roth IRA and our 401k and our growth stocks and our small cap value stock? And it's, it's, it's managing all those things together, the total wealth management from including taxes to estate planning, et cetera. And so when we were putting together the show today, we thought this was perfect to highlight because it actually shows on the show itself with these calls that are pre-recorded what financial planning looks like. Because you'll see throughout the show, we're going to talk about your a client's behavior, portfolio construction, as well as um, wealth management, overall wealth strategies. Yeah, so... There is where we are headed uh, today. So our first call, we're going to start with uh, Karen. This was uh, recorded back in, in March of this year, March 21st. And if you can think about this, this was right 
in kind of the early days of the pandemic when things were still looking kind of a little foggy, a little scary. Um, yes, it was a little bit. It was um, tense. It was tense. Yeah. So let's let's hear this call from back in March. So I'm calling um, with a question regard to um, my husband and my's retirement. And we are uh, age 67 and 68. My husband has his own business, um, and he is going to be selling that business by the end of this year. What We're kind of business is it? towards retirement. Uh, he's in building construction, um, agricultural. So um, it's... Uh, okay pretty specified business. Okay. Um, and uh, so he, 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 already, he is in the process of selling that business. Uh, it'll be completed at the end of the year, and we'll get a pretty good chunk of change for that. So that's cash that we will have. Um, we haven't started Social Security, but our retirement plan has been this. We have a ranch, and on this ranch we have multiple parcels that we can sell. At any point. Okay. Uh, and so that has been our plan to be debt free of the ranch, which we are. We own it without any debt. It is also income generating. Okay. Um, What's generating so the income on whether it? Right now? My, are you. I'm sorry? What's generating in, in, income? You got cattle on it, or what do you have on the ranch? Um, no, we, ha it's, uh, ag land. So there is, got it. Um, okay. Got it. I'm with it. Ag plus we also have livestock. Okay. Okay. So uh, there's a rental portion that, uh, a portion of it is rented out and livestock is on it. That makes sense. Got livestock it. Livestock is, got it. Okay. Okay. So in retirement, we had planned that, um, our options are to sell out, sell off parcels and also to continue with the income-generating monies that we have. Um, so it's monies that we're going to have. It's not we don't have stocks, we don't have bonds. Okay. And we're so we're we're up against having this happen, and we're kind of concerned about what do we do with this chunk of change as we are receiving it. Um, so this is interesting. This is a really because. How Different. we would look at this, it well, it's. It, it, let, let me step back for just a moment, Karen. So, um, we are. It's in March of 2020, and this is something that you're going to be occurring at the end of the year, right? So, right That's now, the, the right now, it feels the like, sale of the business. Right now, it feels like the Earth is stopping its rotation. Right? It's. Um, it, it, People are stocking up on on toilet paper like we can't manufacture anymore, and I mean it's just there's it's just this strange thing that none of us alive today have ever been in. So there's a lot of fear out there, and people tend to extrapolate what's happening today well into the future. So this could all be done by the end of the year. It, it, would, everyone, all the health experts say it will. So what is what will? How much do you need to live on? Um, gosh, we can get by with relatively, um, reasonable amount because we are not in debt. Okay. So, right. so how much, how much do you want to live on? Is it 50,000, 80,000, a hundred thousand, 200? What's the number approximately? Oh, I think we could get by 50,000. No, no, I didn't ask get by. I asked what you wanted to live on. Um, hmm. There's a difference. Okay, so let's say, let let's say with health expenses, um, I I would say let's let's say fifty thousand. Okay, fifty thousand to seventy five. And how much will your social security bring in between um, the two of you? Uh, between the two of us, well, our plan was to uh, we haven't started it. Right. Um, at one point, we will start his and then let mine accrue till okay. 70. So just so at the point, we're not that far off. I right. mean, three years. Yes. Right. I mean, so how much would maybe both go to 70? Yes. Yeah. So, so at that point, at, at 70, if we both waited till we were 70, um, three years time, 
then we would be bringing in Social Security together a, uh, four thousand, approximately four thousand dollars. Okay, okay. So forty-eight, fifty thousand dollars a year. How much are you going to? Uh, how much is the sale of the business for approximately? It's over a hundred thousand. Okay. Okay. And how much income does the ranch provide you? Uh, approximately $2,500 a month. Okay. okay. You're there. So there's 30,000 from the ranch and 48,000, let's call it 50,000 from social security. There's $80,000 regardless of what you do with the sale of your husband's business. And if you were selling your husband's business and you didn't have any other assets in cash or short term instruments like short term bonds, I would take. A hundred percent of that and just put it in a bank account and be conservative with and it be, for reserves. Something happens with the ranch and something weird goes yeah, on or whatever. And sell and the parcels off if you or, want, or maybe not. Right. Well, you might so not you're need saying to. just put it in a savings account. That's what I would do. Not an annuity. Not an annuity. Just a savings account. Why not an annuity? Because they're garbage. 99% of them are absolute trash. Unless it's an immediate annuity where you give up control of your principal for more monthly income, but you don't need that based on what you just told us. Yes, you don't need that. So if someone's selling, okay. uh, someone trying to sell you yes, a new annuity? sounds like it to me. They went to a seminar, yeah, steak dinner. Oh, come on. <laughs> did did you meet them at some dinner? How was it? No, no, oh, okay. actually no. They're All from right. the bank. <laughs> the bank? No, actually, okay. <laughs> um, it was through through a friend who it's a, a financial representative of a friend. Okay, okay. So I, my guess is my guess is that individual is probably not a certified financial planner, number one, and they're probably not licensed to uh, to sell other securities. But you don't need any other securities. You just need a hundred thousand dollars in the bank in case something happens. That's right. And when you said you're different than everyone else because you have land, yeah. it's just a different asset class. Is it? Well diversified asset class? No. no. Will it work? Probably. No, we, thought it, we thought it would be safe. <laughs> okay. Well then then it's going to work for you. Take that 100 grand, put it in the bank. Yeah. We don't have a dog in this fight. I'm not going to get a commission by telling you to put 100 grand of your money into a bank. Where that financial representative might get something on the tune of 8% commission, 10% commission. Some of these annuity products are absolutely 7,000, 8,000, 10,000. Just put it in the bank. You'll have enough money from the income that's derived from your property and social security to live comfortably. And at points in time, if you want to increase your standard of living, you could sell off some of those parcels as was your original plan. Yeah, but just have the money in the bank. You don't just need to put it in the bank. So, Hey, Cameron, we wish you well. All right, the next call we're going to be taking this program, this was uh, recorded back in April with Ron and um, kind of trying to figure out how do you manage these markets. So let's hear this call. Good morning, gentlemen. Hi, Ron. Um, my wife and I are, uh, uh, have been retired for 10-plus years. Uh, we have you know IRA funds that we are required to take the requirement distributions and all that. Uh, we're doing well despite the downfall. We've been fairly conservative uh, at the Peak before the the virus took over, uh, our portfolio is like 35% stock funds, 35% bonds, small uh, short-term bonds, and 30% money market. Um, I made one mistake when the first few uh, real downturns took place. I took 8,000 out of our money market and stuck it into uh, our Roth fund, which we had at the time uh, about $65,000 in. I thought I was doing a good deal until it dropped by thousands from there. Uh, it still might have been the right decision. Yeah. If you go out two years from now or three years from now, that's when you want to measure it. Yeah, it's, it's, but in in the moment, the emotional part of it is real hard to contend with. To well, see those drops. And so as it wait, drops down further, I pulled money out of the regular RA on each level. So that 35% uh, stock and 35% bonds, um, I totally dissipated most of the bonds down to 10% and the, and the stocks down to 20% when it hit around 20000 So since that time, and this is where I really am questioning how I do this now, since most of it's in now money market funds, I've been adding more to it gradually, um, and now I'm up to 24% stocks again. Am I seem to be on track, or is this a, a, you completely a awkward and you completely, not a, so he's, a wise move? He's, he reduced his stock and bond exposure 
it, oh, early wow, on. Back. And the only reason you're asking this question is because the markets have begun to re have recovered some. Because if they were going down, you rather than buying when things were cheap, so you sold when they were low, and then you started a buying strategy when prices started becoming high again. Well, when they stopped, I, I, I wasn't doing much until it hit 20000 and then I started buying. And fortunately, when I was starting to do that, it had those big bounces. And so I did fairly well on it. At this point, uh, from the top to now the bottom, where we're at now, um, in terms of our portfolio, uh, we're only down about 5.6%. Well, what would you have done? What would you be down if you had left it alone? I don't know. And, I don't know, and, and uh, are you going to spend the money today? No, because, but... Because what you worry about, what you should think about is the, not the consistency of the returns, but the rate of return on the date that you actually use the money. Not the consistency of the return. So what that means is if I'm going to take out $10,000 a year for the next 20 years, right? I'm not worried about what it does in year three, five, seven, ten. I just worry about that $10,000 in the year that I want to take it out. Does that make sense? It makes sense, except for from an emotional perspective. Well, of course, that's so. So that's you're, hard to deal you know with. It know, is hard to deal with. Do you know what's wrong with your portfolio, Ron? What you? <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> no, I no, and, that. and I mean that. I mean that sincerely. The problem is, you emotionally reacted to an external something that happened external, but your goals didn't change. And so you were reacting to something that was which was external across the whole portfolio when, in fact, had you left it alone, your goals. In fact, I would make the argument. How old are you, Ron? 73. Okay, Soon I would be make 74. So let's just say you've got another you've got a life expectancy of 15 years. If I was your advisor, I would have encouraged through the whole process, including the 10 years ago that you retired, that your portfolio have more equities in it, more stocks in it. Even right. now? Yes, even now. If, if, let, me, let me ask you this. If, I, wait, wait, Scott. If, in fact, you can actually, uh, if you could counsel yourself through it or have an advisor like myself counsel you through it. Well, that's why I'm calling, because I do it myself. Well, correct. Okay. So, Scott, you had a, you had a statement. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember. You know, so one of the yes, I, I sent an email. I'm just being a little transparent. I sent an email. We have about 70 financial advisors, and I sent an email a week and a half ago to the team. We communicate in other ways besides emails, but sometimes I'll send an email. Sometimes we send a video. Sometimes we send to try to keep because everyone's working from home all over the place. And I title. I'm being very transparent here for a moment. I titled the the email vindication. And, the, and in the email, I, I said to our advisors, I said, it's, you know how challenging it's been the last few years, particularly 2019, when we're talking about approach of diversification, asset allocation, and when there were certain stocks that kept going higher, or the, and people said, well, how, my S&P was this, how come? I said, now that the markets are melting down, one, our strategies have proven they work, it's a it's a strategy designed to protect for storms, and two now it's when a clients need us and they and they know they need us, right? So, um, I would argue, and you could do whatever you want with this advice, but I would argue that you would be better served having a great financial advisor help guide you through through life. I've been doing this three mm -hmm. decades. I started out when I got in the business in 1990. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was about 2,600. Today, it's over 20,000, whatever, then 22,000, 23,000, whatever it finished the week. Right? So over that period of time, lots of ups and downs. I have never seen anyone who's done well by making shifts based upon the markets. It never works out well. They might be right once or twice, but then they miss something terrible on the other side. I, what I have seen well, as people that have had a, a, an allocation that's designed based upon a number of things, one, when they need the money, so how much of this money are we going to need to spend within less than, say, five years? And two, how much can someone withstand the ups and downs in the portfolio? Not much. Okay, well then, so that, that then maybe you are the 35%. Maybe 
you should only have 20% in equities and, and 80%. That's what I was wondering when all is said and done, what I should go well, back up to well, in my me, own mind. Let me, I was kind so, of thinking 30% Let stocks. me ask you this. How much of the, your investment, do you have a pension? I do. Does your spouse have a pension? Uh, no. Is your home paid for? She actually lost hers in the, one of the downturns. Half of it was dissipated within the six months that she retired. Well, the... I don't understand. Oh, no. Was it so, on one uh, company? No, so we talk about a monthly pension. You, you, she had a. No, no she took a lump sum and okay. then that fizzled. Well, how did it fizzle? Was it in one company? No, it was in. It was when with one of the large brokerage firms. Okay, and, but so uh, it fell in value and then you sold it and went to cash at some point yeah, in time. Yeah, okay. If half of it was gone, it was. Yeah, it's so, short so, time. But so, what happens? So you don't the, want to take temporary declines and turn them into permanent losses. That's that's mm-hmm. what you've been yeah, able to do. So, it, it, Ron. So the, my with, with the, let me Scott, finish. Up. Let me finish. He's not going to hire an advisor. No, 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 let me finish. So the, the the money you have saved, are you taking monthly income from it? Your we do. We have the month, uh, uh, minimum distributions. Okay. Let's assume you didn't have to take distributions. Oh, and by the way, uh, what we ended up doing also, rightly or wrongly, in January, we had taken the entire lump sum distribution and uh, used that to purchase a Tahoe home for vacation that we now can't use anyway. <laughs> so, so for people listening outside the area, uh, Ron's come from the Sacramento region. Lake Tahoe is about 100 miles away. And like a lot of these vacation towns, they say, you're not allowed to come. And- That's what they say. Are they giving you a break on property taxes? Huh? I don't think how so. Do they know, way, how do they Ron- not know it's your first home and that your Sacramento home is your second home? And I, I, think, huh? I think my point, the point here, if you don't need, and if you don't need the income from this portfolio, you can do whatever you want with it. So we have clients, um, and I've talked to people that, uh, have more than enough money, right? So they could take their money and shove it into the, a mattress uh, and never look at it, bury it in the backyard and never look at it again, and their income, their standard of living is going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I've seen those people. I've seen extremes. I've seen some of those people saying, look, I've got more money than I need. Why in the world would I want to risk what I've got? I'm going to keep it ultra conservative. And for them, Great. It's a good strategy. Well, Why I not? thought I was pretty conservative with 35% stock. Is Would you consider that conservative? Yeah, yeah, but conservative for who? Not for you, but conservative oh. for me. So okay. you might, the, the, the point is, and I've seen other people that I've literally seen 100% in equities. They say, I don't, I'm not going to touch these dollars in my lifetime. What do I care? I'm going to have it as aggressive as possible. Uh, Scott, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ignore it. These are for my kids, grandkids, whatever. I personally have one of those accounts myself. It's a hundred percent stocks. I don't. I my four hundred one k is a hundred percent. All worth fight. All worth financial manages the portfolio. It, it, it's in a model that we use at All Worth. My wife said to me, "We lost quite a bit of money on this." And I'm like, "What do we care? <laughs> I mean, we're not going to spend this portion of the money. I know is going to go to my kids. What do I care? Right? Well, you know that the, the, the highest probability of the account balance." Uh, down the road is going to be greater. There's never been a 15-year period in the history of our, or at least from recorded history of our country, where stocks have not outperformed bonds. Even if you bought right before the crash in 1929, but that's 15 years. That's a long time. But so, Ron, your portfolio should be 30 percent, 35 percent equities, or or 20 percent, or 10 percent, or 10 percent, or 100 percent equities, or, or it doesn't matter. Maybe all CDs. I don't know. But to manage yourself psychologically. I would consider, if you don't hire an advisor, I would consider taking a third of the portfolio and putting it in its own account and putting 100% stocks in there, and then you just never open that statement. Oh, that would be so hard to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, our advice. I mean, you, uh, you, know, but, what the, you know what I enjoy about it, and Ron, I appreciate this call because we are all dealing with this at different levels, right? Okay. Every one of us, we are human beings. We're emotional people. We uh, are designed to avoid pain, to avoid things that are going to harm us. We have learned to get away from those things. And that's what's so challenging about being a long-term investor is when we find see our portfolios decline in value, it feels like destruction. We are losing. We want, And our natural impulse is to pull in and protect Mm-hmm. Right. And to cash in and to hold, hold those. But that's not what's going to give us the best long term re- 
returns. And we're emotional in every area of our life. Look, and the reason Weight Watchers have people come and there's a community, is, it's not because they know. Yeah, eat more, eat less, exercise more. I mean, but, but the reason you join the community. People go to AA, look, it's not look, because they know that they shouldn't drink, it's because they need the community. I mean, that's just reality that's right. in Listen, lots of areas. And, and some people have the, dis- Scott Hansen could go to the gym every day and work out. And it doesn't. When it's open. Not me. I actually, I have to join a group where I go and work out with groups of people because I don't have the discipline to go every day. I don't enjoy it that much. But Ron, the correct portfolio is the one that's right for you. The one that you'll own over a long period of time and not react to. And not, and not worry about. Yeah, that's correct. Right. That's right. That's right. Okay. I appreciate your words, gentlemen. Okay. Listen, right, I'm Ron. I'm glad you called. This uh, is a good they, call. This is, and look at, you're as normal as the next guy. That's right. Don't don't beat Hope yourself so. up. Have a good Easter. All right, you too. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks. Ron. He's thinking, don't, don't don't beat yourself up. Those guys. Yeah, don't beat yourself up. <laughs> we'll beat you up. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break. Stick around for more of All Worth's Money Matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McLean, thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, and we are taking, we are doing some of our, um, not the best calls, but good Curated. Calls. Let's call it curated. <laughs> that sounds important. <laughs> curated. <laughs> curated. It sounds important. It sounds important. Gonna... Like, you know, uh, so my, like my like dog. Every, every time I go, go to a, a, like food, it's all. Uh... Steel cut oatmeal. Yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love steel, that. Steel cut as opposed to wood cut. I don't want like. How else are you going to cut it? I don't, what we... I don't even know what that means. No, we took a knife and we cut the oatmeal. <laughs> steel cut. What does that mean? It means it was cut with steel. Frankly, I don't even know what oats look like when they're not cut. <laughs> okay. I've never seen oats growing. At least if I have, I wouldn't Maybe have known. Maybe you're eating whole oats and you don't even know it. Whole grain. That's right. Anyway, we've got off topic already, but this show is a curated number of calls <laughs> over the last few months. And uh, if you'd like to actually be on the show at a later date, you can dial 833-99-WORTH, 833-999-6784, and they'll schedule a and time for you to yes. um, and we interact take with calls. us. And oftentimes what we will do is schedule time in our studio, sometimes midweek, sometimes for several hours on a Saturday, and um, Just go through and, and, and take a bunch of calls and then um, put them together for future times for our, our show. So that's how we tend to do things. Uh, and we're going to get to these calls in just a moment. But the retirement is changing uh, for people and and has been for a number of years, but it's really, people are beginning to embrace this new kind of like life in retirement. How many people have you talked to, Pat, who said, because you're 50, how old are you? 57. All right, and I'm 54. How many people have you talked to and our peers that said after this being locked in home for a while, they're like, I thought retirement was in my cards, but my retirement's way off for me. Yeah. Yes, it changed Not financially. Yeah, it just changed their view of interaction. They're like, I don't know what, I can't, it's kind of interesting. So recent survey by Voya, which is a large financial institution, um, talked about how people are expecting their life will look in retirement. 59% expect to keep working in retirement. 59. 59. 59. For Generation X, it's 60%. And for Millennials, it's 49%. But- the reason being is mental well-being. They think that continuing in the workplace in some form or fashion will help them mentally. They also think that it will benefit them financially and allow them uh, longer to allow their retirement dollars to grow. So I think that's a interesting. And oftentimes it's in the same industry or similar industry, um, but with not as much pressure or stress. And I think... Uh, even as you're looking at your own retirement, like thinking through some of the things that I think is important. Now at Allworth, we believe it's important that people are in a position so retirement's a possibility so that work is an option and not an obligation, but um, everyone's different. All right, well, let's uh, let's go back to some of these calls that have been curated. 
This was recorded back in May with Mark. Thank you so much for taking my call. Thank you, Mark. I think what I have a really is a simple question, but I can't find it on Google. I'm trying to figure out what or actually how long I have to do a direct rollover on a 401k from a, a job termination. When you say direct, what do you mean by direct? Uh, moving it um, to another 401k or an IRA. So here's where it gets caught, and here's why you say you're having trouble finding it. It's the terminology, right? So okay. you and you you intertwine two different techniques in there um, inadvertently, right? So, yeah, you use the word direct yeah, but just fine, and roll Which over. is why you're calling. You're trying to get some some clarity on this stuff. So right, because Google's confusing me. Yeah, and it's because well, it's kind of it's kind of like if I were to uh, start doing some self diagnosis of a medical issue, and I don't understand the terminology all the time, and doesn't it's not always that helpful. But okay. a direct transfer, not it, a direct rollover. You use the word direct rollover. A direct transfer oh, okay. is when you've got your four hundred one k, and you instruct either the four hundred one typically the four hundred one k plan. Sometimes it's the receiving place. You instruct to say, "Hey, take my cash, my retirement savings, and move it over to this other place. Move it to this IRA. Move it to my new employer." That's a. It's called a transfer. You can do that shortly after termination from your employer. You can do that six months later. You can do that five years later. You can do your it. Your spouse never. can do it at your death. You can okay. do it never. So they won't do anything with that as, unless we tell them to. That's correct. Unless it's less than five grand or twenty five. And then they actually the they'll uh, notify you if it's a small amount, and if you don't do anything, they'll just send you. I don't. A check. I mean, it's up to the employer, but I don't know of any employer plans that kick people out. Sometimes okay. at age seventy, because the required minimum. Or now it's seventy two, but at the required minimum distribution level. How old are you, Mark? Uh, Fifty six. Okay, what was confusing so me was I kept reading in there the 60-day rule. Uh, well, okay, the 60 so days, but let's, this, and let's, then let's talk about your age and whether you should or shouldn't. So a rollover, and this really comes back from 20-plus years ago. And the reason nobody does, oh, it's really rare to do a rollover. And a rollover is where they send you the check made payable to Mark, checks made payable to Mark, you put it in your, you either endorse the check over to somewhere else or you deposit the money into your own account and then you write a check. I remember in, in when I first started in the industry, I remember in the early 90s, I remember that exact thing. People would get their retirement check from their employer. They, they weren't doing transfers then. They were sending okay. it directly to Mark. Mark would then take it, deposit it, have to wait a few days for the check to clear, write a new check and it put it into their IRA. But- but then they started withholding the taxes on that, a 20%. And, and which didn't make it possible. But back then you had right. 60 days to decide where the money went, okay? Now okay. today, technically, you still have a, you can still tell your retirement plan, send the check to me, payable to me. They're now required to hold taxes, so it's going to be really problematic if you did this. But you could receive the dollars. You would have 60 days then to go put the money into a new 401k plan or into an IRA. But almost nobody does that. So how much money you is- You don't want to do that. You direct transfer 99% of the time. How much money is in the 401k? Uh, just over 400. Okay. And when did you separate from service? Two months ago. Okay. So the, here's- Was the- this a planned thing or are you a- um- It's a plan. It's a, okay. Um, okay. A, a target date fund. No, 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 no. Was your termination planned at 56 from this company, or did you lose your oh, job? Oh, no, no, no. This is uh, work, working at another company now. Oh, okay. Right, so here's the rules. So, so if you're listening to this, you're not going to hear this uh, from a lot of advisors. You just don't hear it very often. If you're over the age of 55 when you separate from service, that 401k has no penalties on it if, if you take a withdrawal. <clears throat> So normally, if you took a withdrawal, there'd be 10% federal penalty, and every state has a has either does or doesn't have an additional penalty. In the state of California, it's 2.5%. But if you're over age 55 when you separate from service, there's no penalty on taking the money out. So you could go in there today and say, send me $50,000. They're going to withhold the 20%. Uh, but at the end of the year, you file your tax returns and you're going to pay tax on that as ordinary income. 
you take that money and you take it out of the 401k and you move it to an IRA, it no longer applies. Then it's a 10% penalty until you're 59 and a half. So it may make sense for you to actually keep the money in the 401k if you think you're going to need it between now and age 59 and a half or a portion of. What if we rolled that over into the current employer's 401k? It, the, the, the rules then uh, don't uh, – <clears throat> there, there are penalties taking the money out of the 401k. Okay, okay. Same as putting it in an IRA. That's right. Okay. So, but now in, that's in a normal world. Right now in this world, you could take $100,000 out and you could pay taxes over um, the, the next three years. So – if or you, leave some so, money in that old employer's plan. So if you were sitting down in one of our offices with a financial advisor um, in our office, we'd have this discussion about whether you thought or you were Or a Zoom gonna, call like we're doing now. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, if, we would have if you're the, having a virtual meeting. We would have this discussion about how much liquid cash you had outside of your 401k. Do you think you're going to need this money? And if you do think you're going to need this money, we might leave a hundred or $150,000 in the 401k and roll the difference into an IRA and invest it. Okay. No, I definitely want to uh, transfer it all. You but. don't think you're going to, you have a lot of liquid cash outside of IRAs. Then. For now. Yes. And an emergency fund. Okay. Good. Perfect. So then so. it makes sense. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My, my concern was being in the market. I was taking my time trying to figure out what to do with it. Well, it's in the market now, is it not? Yes, it still is. Yes. Yes. But in the target date fund. So I was just trying to. Well, so the problem with the target date fund, especially in this environment, is that it doesn't actually pay any attention to what the market's doing. It only pays attention to your age. So it's right. becoming increasingly more conservative the older you get, which by the way, May make sense, but right now uh, you couldn't get me to sell equities into this market. Yeah, right. So it okay. might be better off. It might be better transferring it to a new employer if you know how to build the uh, proper allocation for yourself and do it outside of a target date fund. Furthermore, when you let's say you, when you eventually go to retire, it's it's preferable to have money in in a variety of different accounts, so funds within the same account, so you can draw upon, say, money market or a bond without or if touching the, the equities. Or you use that time to rebalance the portfolio, which is if equities are up, you want to actually sell equities into a high market and you want to sell bonds into what we believe to be a low market, but you're rebalancing the portfolio on a continual basis. So at our firm, we run our portfolios through a screen once a week to make sure that they're in balance or close to balance. Okay. Right? So in a target date fund, you don't have that opportunity. It just looks at your age and recasts the portfolio based on your age. So $400,000 in a target date fund. That's a lot of money in a target date fund. Not, 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 you wouldn't find, if it was 40,000 or 4,000, target date's perfect. Yeah. 400, you can build a better portfolio um, without using a target target date fund. So anyway, Mark, hope this was helpful for you and wish you well and pretty interesting time and gets a new job right at uh, right before all the lockdown. I think we've hired some, we've hired new employees in the midst of this and it's kind of we've what We've never met them. No, <laughs> no, of course. I don't think I've done a Zoom call with them either. No, I have not met them. I saw an email that we hired like three. Must be a challenge to onboard during this time. I mean, you think about your when you start a new a new job somewhere, the first day showing up, yeah, it's always like, weird, meeting people, and you're trying to figure out your way around here. And then How these, do you do that? And <laughs> How these do you guys do in your bedroom? They're showing up in their bathroom and slippers. <laughs> and the next call we're taking was uh, has to do with a child's education, and it was recorded in April. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pat. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Oh, good. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I just want to say that I've been a long-time listener, and I love your show. Um, you guys are so smart and so knowledgeable and funny. I love it. I By the way, so I'll, I'll agree you. with the second one, with knowledgeable finance. I don't know how smart I am. There's many areas of life that you'd think, like, this guy's an idiot. But And, Maria, I'd like to have you on a Zoom call with my family later on in the day, if you will. <laughs> Absolutely. Here's what's so good about your dad. <laughs> <laughs> you're 
pumped up with 24-7. Because uh, my 20 and 21-year-old that are living uh, at the house aren't quite in agreement. What can we do for you? Okay, so here's my situation. I'm 46 years old, and I'm a single parent of two children. Both of them are going to college in the fall. One of them is going to a four-year university. The other one is going to medical school. It is in my culture for parents to do everything they can to support their children throughout their education. So I think I'll be able to cover the undergraduate degree with my salary. However, medical school is a whole different story. And I know my daughter can take student loans. I know she can take the federal unsubsidized and the graduate plus. But these loans are at 6 7% interest rate. And I was thinking, will it be a good idea for me to refinance my mortgage and pull some 60000 70000 cash out, um, at least to pay for the first couple of semesters? And right now, I think I can get the year fixed at 3.5. Well, let's let's separate uh, these questions if we will. And let us ask you a couple other questions. How much sure. money do you make? About 70,000. And what is the value of your home? 484. And what do you owe on it? 190. And what you ent- you've done very well with yourself, Maria. A single mom raising two children, helping them through college. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you've got a decent wage, but it's not like you're. It's impressive. Yeah. It's just flat out impressive. Yeah. It's you should just feel very good. About What's the interest rate on your mortgage? Right now, it's three point seven five, and I've paid five years. I have twenty five more to go. Okay, and do you at your job? Do you have a defined benefit pension when you retire that will pay you a monthly check until you die? Yes. So you work for a state, county, municipality, hospital, something along those lines, or a utility? Yes. Okay. And what will that be? How long have you worked at your job? How long have I worked there? Yeah. About seven years only. Okay. And is it a municipality or the state? State. Okay. And how much do you have in retirement savings? Um, before the crash, it was about 200,000. Now it's about 150 total. 115? Not counting the pension. Not pension, just 401, what? old 401k. It went, wait, 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 wait. Uh, it went from 200 to 115? 150. 150. Okay. Something okay. like this, 160. Yeah, that's, and these are rough numbers. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, come back yeah, up yeah, some. Yeah, too. that's, that's back right. up some. So, first of all, uh, congratulations. You've done a great job. Um, you really, you <laughs> really you. have. S- Thank you. So the uh, the child that's going to the undergraduate, is it a, are they going to go to a state school? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the tuition is... And she go- says she can cover that. Yeah. It's the grad, it's the medical school. I, I can I can cover the housing because tuition will be paid. And do you um, want, do you expect, so your daughter's going to medical school. Do you expect that yes. she'll repay the loan? Oh, yes. I think so. Like, uh, yeah. Okay. Definitely. I, I, I wouldn't, ref- I wouldn't refinance the mortgage. I, I would, if I were your situation, mm-hmm. given everything you just said, mm-hmm. um, and Scott, you can agree with me or disagree. I would, I would have her load up on those student loans. Mm-hmm. Even at six or 7%. Mm-hmm. Even at six or 7%. Are these government loans? These are the federal unsubsidized and the graduate plus, yeah, 6-7%. And and this is why. She's going to medical school, right? Mm -hmm. She's going to medical school. I think you're – I would agree with you. She's – you're a single mother. Uh, There's a chance that there should be some forgiveness of that. Maria, what is your last name? Oh, I can't ask that. uh, um, I I don't want to ask that on the air. (laughs) I'll tell you after. Are you Hispanic? Are you Hispanic? No, I'm not. Filipino? Oh. I'm, I'm not. Oh. Okay. Okay. We oh, were wow. a guest, you know. You have, <laughs> your name's Mary and you've got a, an accent. You say something about your culture. By the way, my wife is, is my wife is a quarter Mexican and quarter Filipino. So uh, I've got some uh, understanding of both those cultures. But 
So in I, any case, I would load up on this. I would have her load up on the student loans, especially. And, and this okay. is why she may end up going to work in a low income rural community, in which case those at the under the current rules, a lot of those student loans would be forgiven. Uh-huh. Right. She may end up in a specialty where there is a great need for it. That they'll help pay them off. That they'll help pay them off, right? She may end up going to work for a government or state body. That might help pay them off. That might help pay them off. So in the current environment that we're in, especially in light of this COVID-19. Even before this, there were employers uh, offering to pay, help pay student loans. There was kind of becoming a thing of like, you would see ads like Economist Magazine would have these ads that uh, it's kind of our respon- corporate's responsibility to help help pay some student loans back for these kids coming out of schools. So I think Pat's point is, look, if she takes out the loans in her name, yes, there's a little bit more interest, maybe quite a bit more interest, Mm -hmm. uh, but there's a good chance there'll be some forgiveness on at least a portion of that. There already is if she makes the minimum payments on them and doesn't make enough money, they start forgiving That's the right. loans after, what is it, 10 well, years? 20 years. 20 years. But your, your, your payments are also capped. As a percentage of your, of your income. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and you do not want to co-sign on any of them. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. Do not co-sign on any of them. That could derail your retirement. Right. So are you saying it's better to go with the federal loans rather than the private? Oh, yeah. Federal. No, 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 no. I would do the federal federal loan. Federal, federal, federal. We just saw this. Federal, federal, federal. Federal. Look, look, we just saw this in the mortgage marketplace right now where there is forbearance on federally backed loans and there are not on privately backed loans. right. Right. And what the difference between them? If you were the average consumer, you wouldn't know the difference whether your loan was a Jenny May or Fenny May or whether it was sold to a big other institution. The average consumer didn't know the difference. But what happened in this last two weeks, federal government says, nah, just take it easy on these payments. The private yeah. companies are like, no. So just to kind of summarize here, the reason you want the federal loan is because there's a good chance – I don't know what the probability is. There is some some opportunities that she can have some forgiveness of some of that debt at, upon graduation and entering the medical profession. That is probably not going to be there on private loans. And it's definitely not going to be there when her mother paid for it because else it's going to look like, oh, you don't, you don't have you don't any need debt. the money. You don't have any debt. So don't yeah. co-sign. And by the way, for the rest of the listeners, we are giving Maria uh, answers to her questions. What philosophically, whether we agree with the way the system is run oh, yeah, or yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's I, a different story. I, that's a different story altogether. But yeah. that's I'm not in it for my philosophy. I'm here to help Maria. Yeah. And our last call is uh, in Colorado, recorded in May. Uh, hi guys, how you doing? Good. How you doing, Mark? Good. Good. Hey, I got a question that has nothing to do with coronavirus. Good. Um, it's hard not, It's um, hard to go more than five minutes in a conversation with it not coming up somewhere. I know. Um, well, my, my dad recently passed away about a month ago. I'm sorry about that. And uh, But uh, he, uh, unbeknownst to my mom, he left uh, all of uh, me and my siblings uh, some gold. And um, we're not exactly, I'm not exactly sure what to do with it. How did he, was it physical gold? Yes. Like in bars or coins? Coins. And how much? Uh, Let's see. Uh, Each of us got 25. Coins? One ounce. Okay, 25 ounces each. Uh, And you received this through when he passed away? Yes, we well, we became aware of it when he passed away. Yes, but he didn't gift it to you before he died. He gifted to you in his will or his trust. Yes, okay. yes. And the reason I ask is it has to do with the difference in tax treatment because if you in, if you inherit an asset like gold, your cost basis for what we assume you paid for it for tax purposes is stepped up to the the fair market value on the date of his death. If, on the other hand, if, if on his deathbed, as an example, he decides to hand you these coins as a gift, 
Now it's not an inheritance, it's a gift, and the, your cost basis would have carried forward to whatever he had paid for the gold. Which means that there'd be some tax liability uh, due when you sold the coin. When you said unbeknownst to your mother, does your mother have enough money to live comfortably? Yes. More than comfortably. You're not worried about yes. it at all. Okay, what's your no. question for us? Uh, well, basically, uh, well, I didn't know what the tax ramifications were. Zero. Because, well, relatively um, zero. You could, you okay. could actually take a loss on it. We don't. It depends on the date you sell it. Well, I don't even know what you paid for it. It doesn't well, matter. No, no, no. no. So, it doesn't matter. It matters what the value of the gold was on the date you took possession. No, the day he so, died. The day he died. The day he died. Oh, okay. Okay. It, Okay. I mean, you could use an alternative date what, six months later, but only if his estate's very yeah. complicated. So the, the date he died is what the value is. So there's, uh, let's assume there's little to no tax ramifications on it. What's okay. your question for us? Uh, would now be a good time to sell it and would, put let it me into ask, something else? Would you buy it today? If you had 40000 Yeah, if you had $40,000 thereabouts, would you take that 40000 and go out and buy gold with it? No. What would you buy? I would probably invest it in something else like a second home or something. All right. There's your answer. So that's your answer. answer. There's no reason for you to keep it. Okay. Unless, because there's not a tax, the nice thing when there's no tax consideration at this point. So any investment you have that is no tax consideration, it could be something like this. Maybe it's something in a a retirement account where there's no tax consideration. We don't have to worry about any capital gain taxes. When there's zero tax consideration, any investment you you own, you need to be asking yourself, would I buy this today? And if the answer is yes, then you keep it. If the answer is no, then you sell it. If the answer is some of it, then you sell part of the position. And oftentimes we see people hold assets like in this situation because They've inherited it, and they think, well, if it's good enough for dad, or dad had this, so in order to honor him, I should, which is, I always find those a little odd, but um, that's, some people will keep it. Or uh, sometimes people will, will hold investments too long because it's, it came, they bought it for one price, it fell in price, it's a terrible investment, but they don't want to, they don't want to acknowledge a loss, so they're going to keep it until it comes back in value, which is another foolish thing to do. But. So if you wouldn't buy the gold you inherited today, then sell it and Pretend you had $40,000 in cash and go that direction. Yeah. And I just call up a couple of coin dealers around town and get them on the phone and tell them what you've got and see what they'll do for you. All righty. Uh, okay. Okay. Sounds good. I right, appreciate right. the call. Glad you called, Mark. All right. Well, we're out of time. As usual, it's been great being with you. You've been listening to Allworth's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.